We'll send. Welcome back, folks, to another edition of the Lotcast here from Trinity Road Times. Trey, Alec, and Assad with you. Joel is under the weather, so not able to join us this week, but uh, we are going to have just a, a, a kind of a different flair this week with the Lotcast. Uh, you know, we're kind of in that period where, you know, football season is wrapping up, bowl prep beginning for the Pop-Tarts Bowl against Kansas State, which is what I think we all uh, said last week we thought would be our, our pick, by the way. But... Um, Basketball had a, had a game at Reynolds. Uh, Peyton Wilson won the Buckus Award. Somehow didn't win the Nagurski. Uh, but uh, that's kind of what's happened with NC State this week. So what we're going to do, we'll talk a little bit about those things first. And then I think we'll we'll get into some of our favorite uh, anecdotes uh, from our time uh, following NC State up, up to this point. So let's, let's talk first about uh, the news that dropped on Wednesday night. And that was Peyton Wilson is your 2023 Buckus Award winner. First time in NC State history that a player has won the Butkus Award. Uh, I will be curious to see the Nagurski voting, see where he finished there. Uh, very curious why he didn't win that one. But the Butkus Award is a big deal. They surprised him at Reynolds with the award. The Butkus family was in Reynolds in attendance uh, to present him the award with, with Dave Doran, Tony Gibson, the Wilson family. Brennan Armstrong was there, a couple other players. So, uh, really, really awesome for, for Peyton Wilson. And, and that's about, we're, and that's about all we have to say about that. Yeah, uh, apparently it's... we're just we're speechless <laughs> at how good, uh, how good of a season he is. I don't how know if you guys is. saw, but um, it was circulating on Twitter earlier, was uh, the presentation for the Nagurski had his name and uh, Xavier Watts' name mixed up on the on the photos of each player <laughs> yeah so they were saying that like he they called the wrong name <laughs> oh. funny. The, it was like would... the, the powerpoint thumbnails were backwards yeah <laughs> so yeah so i guess just real quick you know we knew peyton was going to be hopefully win all the awards he won't sweep but he got one that i think we all expected him to get and that's the butt kiss mm-hmm. and you know he proved it best linebacker in the country in, in college football this year top to bottom and you know we, we've talked about his legacy on here a little bit but what's a little bit more uh you know about Peyton Wilson that stands out to you guys well I just hope he can stay healthy going forward because I mean you know I don't I'm not like an NFL draft guy at all so I don't know how all this stuff's supposed to work but you know when you have a linebacker that's as big as him that can move the way he moves that feels like like a very high draft pick to me uh, he's gonna run like a two six at the combine in the four <laughs> yard dash, and um, it's gonna be you're gonna he's, he's gonna start popping up in places that you know on the talk shows and all that uh, that you know I don't think he has. So um, yeah, I mean he, he's just a freak of an athlete. First of all, uh, you know there's a, there's a physical component and there's a mental component to being a good football player, and you know that's a guy who truly does have both. Uh, he truly does have both. He is. Uh, so quick and so fast for someone that size and he's so physical and his mind is so committed, I guess, you know, he's just, he's the perfect football player. Uh, you know, he's just a perfect football player. It's everything that you would ever want in a linebacker. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm so happy for him because you know, it, it it's something where he always had all of the components to put together and he just kind of came together like Voltron and just, fully assembled into the the linebacker extraordinaire that he is now. And, um, you know, he, he added in the mental component that he sort of absorbed from the spirit of Drake Thomas. And he always had the physical gifts, but he was able to maintain an entire season where he was healthy. I think there are going to be scouts that will potentially knock him down a peg because of his injury history. So hopefully, you know, he's shown that, I don't know if he's done anything different with his strength and conditioning regimen now to keep himself healthy, that hopefully doesn't uh, hold himself back. But uh, after the sham that was him not winning the Nagurski, I think it it would have been laughable if he had not won the Buckus. It, 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 was, it was the stats that he put up this season were just, far and away just like yeah. it's unreal the numbers that 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 he put up and you know like the the lengths to which he just dominated every single game we probably won't see again 
you know, definitely not for a long time. You might not see it again at, at this school or at any other school for that matter uh, from, from that position. So, you know, it's something that we, we need to remember. Yeah, I saw an interesting thing that was pointed out to me. And, and obviously, no disrespect to Xavier Watts. He's a great player. Um, but, you know, I, I think the reason they gave him the award was because he led the nation. Or he had seven interceptions. I don't know he led the nation, but he had seven interceptions this year. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes me back to a point when a guy at NC State had, what, 13 interceptions in a season? And the guy named David Amerson? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, wasn't even nominated for the Nagurski Award. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I watched Notre Dame play one football game this year, and it was the the one in, in Carter Finley. I, I don't know anything about Xavier Watts. The one thing I will say that's that's completely possible here is, and this is something that we were talking about last week with Aiden White, is you know when and when you're a great DB, especially a great cover DB, you don't put up stats. People don't throw it your way. Now I get he's a safety. He's not. He's not a corner. Right. But it's possible that that impacted in something. So I, I don't. I don't want to just purely count stats with this stuff. Uh, especially when you get into defensive backs. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't, I didn't watch him. But, but that's not something I was thinking about when I saw this conversation go around. But I definitely agree that it should have been Peyton's award. Yeah, well, we still look for the, the Bednarik, too, right? He can still win that. Yeah. So so the Bednarik is similar to the Nagurski in terms of just overall defensive player. It's not position-specific, right? It's just a different I, group that gives that award? I think I, I have to go look it up. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I like how all these awards are all the the people that they're named after had cool last names. Yeah, <laughs> there's no like Johnson Award or like yeah Smith Award. Well, maybe like, one day we'll have Peyton Wilson Award. The Wilson Award. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I the the Buckus is the one that far and away he definitely should have won and it it brings back to some other topics that we're going around online of does nc state have uh, a recognition problem just a branding problem there's something that that alec you've talked about in previous episodes before about the brand comparisons of nc state versus other programs and sometimes it feels like uh you know players like Chris Dunn have to work twice as hard in order to get the recognition they deserve. You know, he won the Grozo award, but then is not playing on Sundays, which is still like, uh, just insane to me. But, uh, yeah. you know, is, is that a thing where NC state has to work twice as hard in order to get recognition where a guy like from Notre Dame is automatically going to get eyeballs. People are just going to watch Notre Dame games. So he's going to stand out just because, People are watching those games. Damn hard. Well, well, <laughs> so, but I mean, anyway, when it uh, you know it shows that Bradley Chubb won the won the award. You know, it shows just how much of an outstanding season he had. Um, but, you know. mm-hmm. he, he was kind of good. I remember him being kind of love it. Yeah, there is a there is an opportunity for Peyton Wilson to uh to break the school record for for tackles in a season in the bowl game. He just needs to to do it on every single defensive play. He just needs ninety. <laughs> How many does he need? Ninety. <laughs> well, so we should punt on first down every yeah. time. And we should make this the goal of the bowl game is to get well, him ninety tackles. If you think that's crazy, the Iowa punter can break the I think it's the career or either career or single season punting record with a 19-yard punt in the bowl game for oh, Iowa. That, that's and that's a, record, that's a record that stood since 1938. So oh, it's, yeah. total, so. it's a total career punt yards? Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> <laughs> How many seasons did he play at Iowa? One? <laughs> no, but I think, I think in, in the bowl game, I think we should, we should cram all 10 other defensive players outside the numbers on one side of the field and just let Peyton go to work one on 11 and he'll get a tackle every time and then punt on first down every time. And uh, let's get him 90 tackles. Yeah. So it is single season punting yardage record that the Iowa punter can game. He needs a 19 yard punt to do it. It stood since 1938. And the guy that did it in 1938 went seventh overall in the 1939 (laughs) NFL draft. So wow. all the teams were Iowa basically back then. Yeah, basically. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Love Iowa. 
<laughs> that's Reddit College Football who uh, who tweeted that out, by the way, on uh, on X, but uh, or Twitter, don't say, or whatever. Don't say X. Whatever. Yeah, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. That just makes me, you know, sad. R R I P to the Big Ten West. Uh, you know, that <laughs> Iowa can win ten games in that conference. <laughs> yeah, they look like trash in the in the Big Ten champ. I didn't even watch the Big Ten championship game. So they scored more points than I thought they would. <laughs> they scored zero. Are they able to Are they able to score <laughs> negative? <laughs> I thought they might. <laughs> well, I that, think one that, thing we wanted to touch on a little bit with the. Uh, kind of the lull in in sports that we're in right now and i think we can we can do a bowl a bowl preview uh in an episode closer to the bowl game because we got a few weeks before that but uh we were going to talk about some of our favorite nc state stories from our our times either attending the school or following the school being in carter finley pnc reynolds doke or, or dale wherever you've been um you know and I'm curious to hear yours. I have a couple of really fun ones, but I'll let you guys go first. Uh, what are some of your favorite NC State stories that you've, you've seen? Alec and I were at a game, and, and there may be some people that remember this, but I'll, we can tag team on that story. But but go ahead, guys, to say some of your favorite uh, NC State memories or stories uh, that, that maybe are funny or are memorable in a way. Alec, can go ahead. Leo, man. Guy's name was Leo. This guy was one of my favorite people I've ever met at a football game. So, you know, we're in the upper deck, uh, pretty high up. You never know what you're going to get up in the higher upper deck of the stadium at the at the very, very top, which is um, where, where our tickets have been for a couple of years now. And uh, the Miami game this year, a lot of Miami fans, that's like we're on the away section. So you, you run into a fair amount of um, away fans. And there was a lot of them there. And one of the guys two rows behind us had the Ibis on his shirt, Sebastian the Ibis, the mascot. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy that comes and sits behind us, it's a family. And it's like a he's about 50 or 60 years old. He looks like he – I had never seen him before at the game. And he looks like he is um, going to be pretty calm. He's going to be a pretty chill guy. Uh, so, I'm, I'm, so I'm here and I'm like, okay. Let's keep the energy at a safe level here because there's a family behind me. Uh, and it wasn't three minutes. And this guy was completely sober, by the way. You could definitely tell he was sober. It wasn't five minutes. He turns around and he points at the guy directly in his face, points at the guy with the ibis on his shirt. And he says, what the hell is that, a pelican? And for the entire game... This was the craziest man I've ever met in my life. He was like running up and down the aisles, like jumping on random strangers whenever we got like a sack. Uh, it was, or, yeah. And then, um, and then uh, when uh, Raphael scored the, the game ceiling touchdown, uh, I thought he was going to launch like a space shuttle. It was crazy. <laughs> Leo is like my favorite guy I've ever met at a football game. Uh he he was a legend. Uh, Leo, and, if you're if you're listening, Leo, uh, please please reach out to us. We would love to have you on. Yeah, text me. I have your phone number because you sent me a picture of the scoreboard that's actually a featured image on the website right now. It's so a really good picture. It's an good awesome uh, an awesome an awesome picture he took right there. No, he got a picture of the stadium of the stadium of the scoreboard with the and it said twenty to six on it. You know the final score. And it just so happened that some student was in there doing the the down you thing, the 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 you down mm-hmm. symbol, and it was like a great picture. And I was like, hey man, I need that. And uh, it's, it's on the site now. So yeah, if Leo, if you happen to be listening, you know, we want you on the show. Come be a guest. That was awesome. That was such a good game. That was that, that was like my favorite part of that day. Send him a text. That's great off season content right there. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think I think one in particular that I remember and Alec remembers this too. It's one of the few games that I have ever unfortunately left early, but it was this happened well before that. It was that South Florida game when South Florida was the team that was ranked like number two in the country, and they come to Carter Finley. And it's Jim Levitt was the coach. Matt Grothy was the uh, was the quarterback who I I can't believe you know never made it in the NFL, but. Um, you know, it was very early in the game. It may have even been right before kickoff. And there was some sort of promotion that Carter Finley was doing that night or that NC State was doing that night where they were giving away um, 
uh, some I can't remember specifically what it was. They're just little cards. They're just little cards. Yeah, and it was like it was like the they the things that you held up and it made like a picture. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. It was like I military. I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, and and so so they uh, they give those away, and some of the students figured out that they could turn them into paper airplanes. <laughs> and so right as we our seats were were pretty good at the time. We were where were we like ten rows up, right on the fifty or so. Section and four row T. Section four row T. Yep. And so we were right there. And somebody up in the upper deck on the far on the Wendell Murphy Center side on the upper deck fires a paper airplane down from the upper deck and the wind carries it and it just keeps carrying and carrying. I carrying. swear to God, it was it was almost stationary. It was like hanging <laughs> above the stadium, just making its way to the field at like a quarter of a mile per hour. And people were like throwing stuff at it, trying to hit it, and no one could yep. hit it. And it was just <laughs> hanging. Yep. And I think it landed in the field of play. I think it landed at midfield. I remember it hitting Jim Leonard's head. That's what I remember. You know, there was a second one because then because then everybody started making them and they were flying yeah. everywhere. And uh, <laughs> one of them hit did hit Jim Levitt in the side. I remember it got on the jumbotron and hit him like in the back or something. But I, there was like you just looked over like at the student section and it looked like. Um, it looked like the Battle of Midway. Like there was just paper airplanes flying around everywhere. Yeah. And it was like, this is like most miserable football. If you were at this game, if you remember this South Florida game, this was Harrison Beck's game where he went nine for 32 and threw four <laughs> interceptions. Uh, and it was 41 to 10 and it was pouring down rain. Uh, it was like one of the worst things you will ever see. But uh, the paper airplanes were, uh, that was a <laughs> mental image. You, you don't forget the amount of paper that was flying around above one section of the stadium. Yeah. The I, only the only fun memory from that night because it was thirty-one to ten at halftime and it monsooned, and it was that game was over at halftime. So <laughs> man, I remember. I want to look up the Har- Harrison Beck stats for that game were hilarious. It was he was nine <laughs> for thirty-two and he threw four interceptions, but he averaged like twenty-seven yards a, a completion, but like. Like six yards an attempt. Was that 2007? 2008? It would have been was seven because it was pre Russell Wilson. No, it would have been eight because seven was Daniel Evans. So it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been 08. Yeah, it would have been 08, I think. Yeah. Another one that I thought was great was the when we beat UNC for the fifth time in a row, and this was the Everett Withers game. When when Everett Withers came out and said, you know, the UNC is the flagship university that said North Carolina and whatever, and we, I think it was the first time uh, in I can't remember how many years, but it had been a long, long time since NC State had shut out UNC at Carter Finley or even in the series altogether. Mm-hmm. And of course, that was a bad football game, but NC State won at thirteen nothing. And as the game is ending, somebody behind me starts chanting flagship 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 and so the whole section is chanting flagship as the Tar Heels are walking off the field to the locker room and I just remember that and I just started laughing I was like karma man karma I support Butch 0 and 4 that was a great t-shirt that went around back then <laughs> oh man you know I have... doesn't have to be football Assad uh, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of great memories because, you know, my four years at State were uh, Philip Rivers is, is four years. So there was a lot of good times to see there. There was one night in particular where um, Georgia Tech came to town. And I, I want to say it was a Thursday night game there. They were ranked at the time. I, they were like in the top 20. Oh, Johnson catch game. It it might have been. uh oh. I, I don't think did Johnson overlap with Rivers? I don't I don't think he did. He did after him. I think he was after. Uh, there was another time, man, and I remember seeing that game as well. But um, so I it was gonna rain that night, you know, uh, and so I, I had like a, a poncho jacket that I was gonna uh, wear, like a pullover, and it didn't even dawn on me until I got to the game and I'm walking into the stadium with my friends, and my my buddy looks over to me. He's like, "We're playing Georgia Tech." why are you wearing a yellow jacket? And it was like a bright yellow jacket. And I didn't even think about it because that's like the one kind of rain, rain gear I had. And so then he got everybody in that, in the, that our area, the student section, 
to make fun of me for wearing a yellow jacket while we were playing the yellow jackets. And I took it off eventually and I was just like wet the whole time because it was raining. And then we ended up winning the game. We, you know, we upset Georgia Tech, uh, which is crazy to think about now that beating Georgia Tech would be an, considered an upset. Uh, but they were they were ranked at the time and we weren't. So we rushed the field. So then that there are a number of field rush experiences uh, that I was able to have during my time there. So that's why I'll never begrudge any student body for either rushing the court or rushing the field, because there are only so many of those types of experiences you can get while you're a student. So you should take advantage of them whenever you get the chance. Yeah. AutoZone. I got, I got the another AutoZone one. Game. The AutoZone game was a good one, though. Southern Mississippi. <laughs> yes, Southern yeah. Mississippi. Man, State was terrible this year. It was the year that – one of the years that Jay Davis and Marcus Stone split snaps at quarterback. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> they, yes. I think they had more turnovers than offensive touchdowns at this point in the season. They were terrible. Remember when Marcus – Southern Mississippi – and it was 14 nothing Southern Miss at halftime. The state was not doing anything on offense. And they had a promotion where if they scored on the first drive of the second half, you won a 25 – one section won a $25 gift card to AutoZone. No, actually, here's what – it was Advanced Auto Parts. <laughs> you're right. Oh, you're right. It was Advanced Auto it Parts. It was Advanced Auto it Parts. Was, that's an important part of the story, too. Yeah, it was yeah. Advanced Auto Parts. And this, this guy behind us – because they announced the, the the promotion, and State hadn't even come close to scoring a point the whole game. Their best play was like a three-yard run. And um, so so Marcus Stone comes out in second half. I don't think he started the game. Marcus Stone comes out in second half, and they start driving down the field, and this guy behind us starts yelling about AutoZone. And he's like, I want an AutoZone gift card! <laughs> and then we got like two first downs in a row. We started stringing some positive plays together. And it's just this guy behind us, auto zone, auto zone. <laughs> and I, I think they threw an interception. I don't even think they scored. We came back to win that game, though, right? They did. Marcus Stone led them back, and they won 21-17. to 17, And then they uh -oh. went to Tallahassee and beat top 10 Florida State a week later. Andre Brown had 248 rushing yards in that game. Yeah, yeah. that's when we had, yeah. we had like the 75-yard touchdown on the first play of the game, right? No, I mean in the Southern Miss game. Oh, oh. Right. I'm pretty sure like 249 of them were after halftime. You know, that's I remember I remember when Shadrach Thornton took the field for the first time. We had no idea who that guy was. And he went yeah, for like yeah. 170 yards in his first game. <laughs> we were like, I'm yeah. running back. <laughs> but the story I wanted to tell is one Alec will remember pretty vividly. October 5th, 2006. And... NC State was playing Florida State on a Thursday night at Carter Finley, and this was that that part of the Omada Amato era or whatever when State had like the three straight home Thursday night games or whatever in a row, and they beat Boston College in a thriller, and then they beat Florida State in a thriller. Well, we didn't get to go to that game, and we were eleven. I was eleven at the time, so obviously uh, I had school the next day because it was a Thursday night, and you know as we're going to bed. Uh, State wins the game, and you know a couple fire trucks drive down our street. We don't think anything of it at all, uh, and we go to bed and we wake up, and that was the night of the uh, the Apex Chemical Fire, which if Assad doesn't remember what that was, that was when a chlorine plant in in Apex blew up. Whoa! Like exploded. Yeah. After the uh, <laughs> it literally happened seconds after the Florida State game ended. Wow. So people thought it was fireworks because Florida State was ranked like fifth at the time or something mm -hmm. and State won the game and they weren't supposed to win the game and so I my dad remembers trying to leave Carter Finley but not being able to get into Apex because the town was shut down because they had to evacuate everybody because there's this Whoa. chlorine plant that exploded and was on fire so <laughs> that that was a crazy one because people didn't know what was going on and they thought fireworks were being shot off because NC State had won the game <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. Wow. Um, 2005 UNC game was one that I, I remembered. I was nine years old, and I was the most superstitious sports fan you've ever met in your <laughs> life. I would, I would watch the game from a specific spot on the couch, and if it started going badly, I would move to another spot. And I would stay there until something bad happened. And I'd move to another spot. <laughs> I was I was a huge weirdo, just a complete weirdo. And um, 
So I remember the end of the first half of that game, State completely botched a scoring opportunity. They, had, they were down 14 to 10, and they had the ball at like a six, and they, they didn't score any points. They like accidentally ran the clock out on themselves, and they ended up going to half down by four. And we all went back to the car at halftime, and we got the game on the TV before we went back into the stadium, which is something I would never do now. I don't leave at halftime, but that was not my decision. I was nine, <laughs> the record. Um, and so it, it pulled up on TV, and we're like, we're going to go back in the game probably 10, 15 minutes. And State goes down the field and scores touchdown immediately, mm. instantly. I think uh, I think uh, Darrell Blackman returned the kickoff like 80 yards, and they scored on the first play. And then we kicked off, and I don't remember who the UNC quarterback was back then, but he threw an interception immediately, and we scored like two plays later. It was like three minutes of football, if even that. We had scored 14 points, and State was up 24 to 14. And my my parents are like, let's go back in the stadium. And mm. I'm like, no, I'm staying right here. They score <laughs> when I'm here. Yeah. So I'm going to stay here. And they were like, no, we've got to go back in the game. So, so they dragged me back in the game with like 12 minutes left in the third quarter, and State did not score the entire rest of the game. They <laughs> oh, no. lost 31 to 24. <laughs> and there's like six minutes left, and they're losing – and I'm like, we need to go back to the car. Yeah. We need to go back to the car now because we'll have a chance if we do that. <laughs> we never went back to the car, and they went the entire rest of the half without scoring a single point, and they lost 31-24. How long did that scar you in terms of being your, being superstitious? I, was, I mean, that, that'll leave you thinking, like, yeah. maybe there's something to it. I mean, yeah. Listen, listen, I know we want to get rid of pass outs, but like, imagine if that was like a thing. Well, like, well, yeah. It's like, hey, man, we need we need to score. I'm just going to leave real quick. <laughs> well, whatever superstitions you had were erased in that 2011 Maryland game or 2012 Maryland game, whatever year that was, when they were down 27 and came back and won. Uh, yeah, we, well, I left that game twice, though. Yeah, we told that story before where you, you left the, you left the game twice and came back in. Um, yeah, yeah, I did. They I came back and won that game, but thirty-four to fourteen at halftime, and I and I left, and I, I wasn't planning on going back in. And I was like, oh, I'll go back in, and I'll see what happened. And then, uh, what's his face, Megat? I think his name was the Devin Megat. Devin Megat mm-hmm. busted like a fifty-yard touchdown, and it was forty-one fourteen, and I. I left again and I didn't get a pass out this time. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, they state scored. And I was like, uh, maybe I'll go see. And I had to go find someone to give me a pass out to go back in the stadium. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what happened two years later when they played? It was Maryland's last ACC game at Carter Finley in 2013. Yeah, it followed the same exact yeah. scoring uh-huh. pattern. until it was 34 <laughs> Maryland scores a big touchdown to go up 41-14. State gets two touchdowns quickly to make it 41-28. But remember who our quarterbacks were in that game. Uh, They only got one. It was 41-21 was the final score. 41-28. I remember 41-28 was the final. Google it. Google it. (laughs) I promise you. I promise you. Google it. It was (laughs) 41-21. 2013, State, Maryland. You are correct. I'm sorry. (laughs) 41-21. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no, that was bizarre. I remember that because I was like, it's going to happen again. It's mm-hmm. going to happen again. It's so it's so funny. Like, you know, we, we could do a whole uh, series of episodes on Maryland uh, between football and <laughs> basketball and just like why no one is sad just, <laughs> that we don't have to play them anymore. And um, uh, we played so, them last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm, and we, of course, we lost. And uh, <laughs> yeah. But by the way, how funny is it that Devin Leary gets another crack at Clemson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean they're they're vulnerable. He could he could definitely win that game. Um but you know, I I went to uh a game at Maryland and it's uh probably the worst fan experience I've ever had in my life. Um but <laughs> I just I, I I you know, it's okay if you go to to an away game and you get you know, trash talk from an opposing fan, like like light teasing or whatever, you know, a little, a little raz is fine. But there was this like elderly man who was who had clearly been out there from as soon as whenever the tailgate opened, uh, and you know he uh, was really like stumbling his way into the stadium, and like we're just a couple of college kids walking into the stadium minding our business, and and he just like immediately launches into this like profane tirade against us and i was like oh this is not this is very ominous uh the, going into this game right now i don't know where we're gonna go um 
I, I uh, was, was in a service fraternity when I was in the States. So the chapter at Maryland had invited us to the game. That's one of the reasons I went. And in hindsight, this was not a good idea because we, we sat, uh, which I realized when we got there, that tickets were in the Maryland student section. Um, so, Ooh. you know, this, I, we realized we had just been, we had been asking for it. So we had about, you know, a dozen of us that were in our group and state was killing them in the first half. This was 2003, I believe. Um, and it was, uh, cause it was Rivers's last year, second to last year. And, um, so it, I'm trying to think. Oh no, it's O two. This was two thousand two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um over the course of the game, the 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 students are getting like more and more like encroaching onto on, on onto our territory and just like started like doing like little shoulder bumps and kinda like nudging us and getting like closer behind our ears and saying different things and it was it was getting really tense in that whole area. Um and we were like legitimately concerned because we had a mixed group of us. So all the guys in our group basically made a huddle around all the girls so that, you know, just in case something popped off, we want to make sure that we were going to keep, uh, keep them safe. And then seven and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter States up by 14 and Maryland has a comeback and they come back and they, they win that game. And the students just like went ballistic on a whole nother level. And then they rushed the field uh, which was like wild to see because Maryland has a, um, a policy where they don't allow the kids to tear the goalposts down. And I'd never seen this before, but they had motorized goalposts and they like, like literally just like motorized the goalposts down to the ground. So that way you couldn't tear them down. And so the kids just rushed to the center of the, of the field. And, and we were making fun of them about that because we tear down our goalposts properly down in Carter Finley. Um, <laughs> But then, so uh, yeah, there was it was it was definitely left a scar for like Maryland is absolutely the worst fan base of all time. And uh, the next year was Rivers's That's last. That's a whole another episode of the podcast yeah. we could. <laughs> the next year was Rivers's last home game against guess who Maryland, and uh, it's seven and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. State is up by 14, the exact same scenario. I turned to my buddy, and I was like, oh, yeah, I was at the Maryland game last year, and this was the exact point of the game last year where, where Maryland came back. And he was like, why, the hell, why would you say that? Because he was just as superstitious as what you were saying. And like just like that, Maryland started coming back. And then they came back, and we, uh, the kicker like doinked a field goal off of the uprights, and we you know, everybody laughed and we thought, okay, phew, we, we, we got away with it. And then T.A. McClendon, all he had to do was just get down. So if nobody has seen this clip, he had an easy first down. He just needed two or three yards and just get down. And I still remember because I was directly in line with him. And his hand went across where the first down line was in, and he just lost the ball. This dr- fell right out of his hand and he fumbled it. And uh, it was in the red zone for Maryland. So if he had just done that, we, they could have killed the clock. And then Maryland turns around, scores immediately. And Rivers tries to make a last-minute uh, touchdown drive that uh, we thought would be like a great storybook ending to his career if he could make a comeback drive here at the end. And then that, that didn't work out. But uh, it was very sad that day. You were you were really excited when you started telling that story, and when you got to the end of it, I could, you were like still hurt a little bit. Yeah, by it. Oh, it's the no. seven degrees. He's talking I still, about that game. I still, it's been twenty years, and I still think about that game. Uh, uh, the what the, the worst I ever yeah. felt about a sporting event I attended. I was at the was the TJ Warren Marcus Page back and forth basketball Ooh. game, oh, where, where they lost on the last uh, the last second. Um, High Archer off the backboard by Marcus Page after uh, T.J. Warren got uh, uh, Nate Irving suplexed on the sidelines and they wouldn't uh, on the sideline and they wouldn't call a foul. Oof. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. I, now, I, one of the one of the biggest heartbreakers for me was the game when I think we were ranked and Miami was ranked, and it was a national. It was a basketball game and it was a nationally televised CBS game. And what was his name? Reggie Johnson 
was the big, yeah. the big center for Miami. And this was a this was a matinee game on CBS. The crowd was really into it. It was loud, and it went to overtime. I remember, and and it was you know State had a chance to win it at the end. And guess who's got the ball with five seconds to go? Reggie Johnson. He puts it in, and Miami wins the it game. Was a putback. Yeah, Reggie Johnson was just like unskilled DJ Burns. And um, yeah, I remember because because that was always a Mark Godfrey thing was not boxing out ever mm-hmm. or doing anything fundamentally well. And uh, yeah, because they lost two games that year on putbacks in the last second when they had a one point lead because they lost one at Maryland too like that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Reggie Johnson. That was a fun day. That was the game where Tyler Lewis went off. That was like he he's first start. I think yeah. mm-hmm. Lorenzo Brown got hurt and he scored like 14 points. Yeah, and yeah. we actually went to the game, I think, was it where T.J. Warren scored 37 against Mizzou that one time? I don't remember. If, that's not a school record, is it, the 37 points? Uh, he scored 42 points later that year. Oh, He scored 42 against Boston College. We were we went to that game. I remember that game because the tickets were $9. <laughs> he scored 42 points. And they still almost lost. <laughs> yeah, they almost lost to B.C. the other night, too. Holy cow. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, so I mean, we, we talked a little football. We talked a little a little basketball. I'm trying to think of, of others. Um, I'm probably the only one in this chat that's been to an NC State swim meet. Um, I went to a <laughs> to an NC State UNC swim meet one time, but back before they were the, the NC State swim team that, that they were now. I don't remember very much of it at all, but I remember that uh, I don't think State won that day. But uh, that, that but one that I remember was we go back to football for a sec. It was the year the where we blew out Clemson at Carter Finley when they were ranked in the top ten, and that was the game where Clemson had already wrapped up the Atlantic Division and and really didn't have anything to play for, and we were trying to play. I believe we were trying to get our way into a bowl game. And yeah, they had to win. They had to win that game. They had to win, and we just go out. We we take it to them and and. I will never forget it's one of my all-time favorite calls by an announcer, the ESPN announcer Mike Patrick. Tony Creasy scores his touchdown. I think it was to make it twenty-four to three. I think, and he goes and he says, "Well, if you saw this coming, send us a letter." And I still, oh, yeah, day, I still to that this day, great. want to write him a letter that simply says, "I saw it coming." Because I remember that day in the parking lot, I'm sitting there at our family tailgate. And I'm talking to, I believe it was a family member of mine, and and I said, I just have a really weird feeling that they're going to win this game today. I just have a really strange feeling. <laughs> and family member was like, No, Trey, they're not going to win this game. They're going to get their butt kicked. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, well, we go in there, and of course we win. And I walk out, and everybody's like bowing at me and clapping. <laughs> My, you know, uh... and, but the the story I wanted to tell with that was that there happened to be a few Clemson fans in our section, and most of them left at halftime because that game was over and there was one who stuck around and i'm fairly certain he was inebriated fairly certain he was but that dude was having the time of his life trashing his own team it was awesome to watch he was just sitting there like hey we got a first down and they scored a touchdown late in the game he's like hey touchdown yay (laughs) just that was he was a funny dude and i'm sure he Probably doesn't remember that game to this day. He was gone. <laughs> that was yeah. The, the my favorite. Speaking of good announcer calls, was the 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 wrap up line on the UNC game from earlier that year, or the thirteen to nothing game when they won five in a row. I don't remember who it was. Who was the broadcaster? Steve but, Martin. Yeah. Um. He said, "Well, it's just like anything else. State beats Carolina." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "That's." I'm gonna make that my ringtone. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I, I think you know that we, we attribute to Gary Hahn also. I mean, he's he's called his last football game. This is his last go around. He'll be done after basketball season. He's had a lot of really good ones, but every time he just says touchdown Wolfpack. Yeah, you know, it always just sticks yeah. out to me in a special way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had the chance to meet Gary Hahn personally. At a, for those that don't know, I'm a, I'm a sports broadcaster, uh, and I've had the chance to meet him. And he was super nice, super welcoming, and, and extremely helpful. So I'm, I'm really grateful to him. I just wanted to, to get that out there um, for his um, mentorship there the one time I met him. Um, and, and, and congratulations to him on a, 
on a great career. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm also glad that that he was able to go out on a really positive football season, mm-hmm. you know, on a five game winning streak like that, and to to see the team uh, do so well, uh, I'm sure was happy, made him happy. Yeah, well, obviously this is going to be a little bit of a, a shorter edition of the Lockcast this week because there's there's not not a lot going on. We should talk maybe for a second about. Uh, well, Caitlin Tui uh, is going pro, announced tonight. She signed with Adidas. Mm. She's going to run professionally, so congratulations to her. Nice. Um, women's basketball is up to number three. And then I don't think I've ever seen a team rise through the rankings as fast yeah. as the Westmore women's basketball team mm. has. Wow. What, what, what a tear they're on. It's, it's crazy. It's, the, every year I, I am surprised at how strong the women's schedule is. And I don't know if there's just a difference with the way women's basketball does their scheduling versus men's, because it always seems like Westmore is is scheduling really tough uh, opponents, especially in the non-conference early on in the season. Uh, It, it seems like the, the women's game, you know, they, a lot of the top teams try to play each other and, and NC state has sort of established themselves as uh, a known commodity. So, um, you know, they obviously were criminally unranked in the offseason, but to uh, to rise from unranked to number three in the span of three is it? It's like three polls, maybe four polls is uh, is insane. I, I don't know if that's ever happened before. Yeah, what a what a tremendous amount of disrespect to yeah. not even rank that team. I mean, you think about how good they basically had half of a bad year in the last five years. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, we're gonna get a lot more into uh, into the basketball, both men's and women's here in the next coming weeks. Uh, that's gonna be fun. That that um, had to be just the attrition and more of just an acknowledgement of of the core team that they had the last few years. I mean, they won back to back to back ACC championships. So then that right. core leaves. So people were probably thinking that yeah. You know, and the wheels kind of came off at the end last year. And, you know, mm-hmm. the heart of the team last year was really supposed to be Diamond Johnson and Jakia Brown-Turner. And, you know, both of them leave by choice. And I guess I can see how that kind of makes you think, well, you know, is this team going to be any good? But clearly they are. Yeah. And, you know, you, you trust that a person like Sanaya Rivers is just so talented that she's going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has. And you know, I think Zoe Brooks is going to be an All-American by the time she leaves. Uh, so... Yeah, that's gonna be, you know. Usually, I usually I, it's not it's not meant to say I don't support one or the other because like obviously I, you know I do, but I only have so much time in the day. Usually by the third or fourth or fifth week of basketball season, I just pick the better team, men's or women's, <laughs> and I focus on that one more because you know <laughs> I have so only so much time in a day. But yeah, uh, I think they're both pretty compelling this year. I'm not. Uh, yeah. I'm not sold that the men's team is bad i think some people are yeah uh but yeah i mean i think there's there's you know still some development going on there you get rice back is a big deal mm-hmm. i think he scored 11 points uh tonight in 11 minutes in 11 minutes yeah you know, that's a big deal i think he could be he could be a, a difference maker and i think you know once dr is fully healthy which i think he finally is you know i think there, there's pieces there you don't have jaquavion smith you don't have the dark hill joiner you don't have the 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 guard that you can just burn pick and roll through and he's going to score at the rim or uh you know on a pull up or be able to shoot over you know the whole the whole setup but um I still like the pieces yeah we so, didn't talk yeah. about the the Boston College game in the last episode I don't think right um but I don't think so. no. we can we can we can avoid talking about that game <laughs> yes they won I thought it was fine I mean yeah. it wasn't like it was pretty but I mean, you, know, the, you get a road win the the main yeah. thing it, to take away is the rotations are still a little bit iffy. You know, obviously that's that's not going to be that's going to be a, a, an issue that we're always going to question uh, with. But the combination of players is something that I, I thought was pretty evident that needed to happen. With you, um, you know, Alec, you've been very clear on talking about DJ Burns as a defensive liability. So in in uh, amount of time that they were putting DJ Burns and Diara on the floor at the same time, I think was really positive for the team. So I think that that yeah. really helps to take a lot of pressure off of Burns to to be the only big man down low. And uh, the two of them played together uh, off of each other really well. And um, I think DR even hit a three in that game. Um, yeah. So, DR the, can shoot. 
yeah so the the ball movement was looking better the ball wasn't sticking to one person and you know overall the the flow of the game looked better they you know they should have struggled so much i think to to beat boston college it's hopefully not a bad sign of what is to come if they're struggling against a team like boston college but i i think like you said the components are there and you just hope that it gels yeah and it's it's college basketball, you know. I mean, Georgia Tech beat Duke. Like, you know, these things happen. You know, I'm not the least bit worried really about about a close result against, you know, Boston College on the road because there were, you know, there were great state teams that, you know, remember Keith's best team was his first year, went on the road and beat the worst Pittsburgh team in history by four points. Like, these things happen. So mm-hmm. what I'm looking for is is reliable consistency on offense, and I don't think you can really expect that right now because there's so much fluctuation still. DR is a huge piece, like you mentioned, on both sides of the ball, especially – or both sides of the court, I guess, both <laughs> sides of the ball, football. Yeah. Um, especially if he's going to be able to shoot, which is like – I'm like, please, God, because I just yeah. – I love – I love a, a post player that can pick and pop. It's like mm-hmm. – because, because like, I loved Omar Yurt 7 so much for that. That yeah. was, like, my favorite part of that team. I would go crazy if that happens. And the, it's it looks, it looks good. It's just – he hasn't shot a lot. But he did make a three against Boston College, and he is a guy that you can step up and you can run true pick and roll with. You can't really do a lot of that with Burns because he doesn't rim run very well. Right. And uh, we've seen them them build around the screen game differently with Burns as opposed to you know what they did in the past with you know more athletic bigs. Uh, so it for me, it's just let's get the pieces in place. Let's get Rice healthy. Let's get Diara healthy. Let's get everything working, and then. The only thing you're really left to do there is figure out the guard situation, which they're trying to do. You see LJ Thomas playing now. Mm-hmm. You know, they're trying to find a ball handler who can attack off of a screen. And they don't have that right now. And that's the big question for me is will they have that? Because I don't know if there's anybody on that this team that's gonna be able to do that. So that's my my hang up on that. They got a big game coming up, don't they? In that Tennessee? Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a big test, and it, it, that'll be an opportunity to see maybe if the Ole Miss game was a fluke, and, and maybe if uh, if this team is is going the direction. Oh, they're a lot better than the Ole Miss game. The Ole Miss game was a lot of things, but one of them was simply the team was just discombobulated. Like they were just doing dumb things that weren't <laughs> even like they weren't even like it wasn't even like a great defensive effort. It was I mean Ole Miss played very good defense. They always do. It's a Chris Beard coach team. That hmm. you know they they're built to handle what State does pretty well. Um, they play a, a a type of defense called what's referred to as no middle, which is designed to push you know ball handlers and and screens toward the baseline and toward the sideline. And um, it was very effective against State, who frankly was disastrous that night. But they're definitely better than that. I mean, they couldn't even dribble in that game, basically. So, yeah, I don't, I'm not too worried about that game being who they are. It's just, it's surprising that, you know, we've been so focused on football that the non-conference schedule is, is pretty much almost done. They've only got a couple more non-conference games, and then we're, you know, January's right around the corner, and then we're going to run first week of January right into conference season. Yeah, it comes. It happens fast, man. Yeah, I, I think it's and I think it's interesting. You know, we got UNC and Duke back to back at the end of the that's, schedule. That's, yeah, so that's gonna be a big. That's gonna be a crazy week. <laughs> Some of it though is the product of having a good football team. Is, yeah. is you kind of forget there's other stuff going on sometimes. <laughs> you know, I mean, I won't be shy about you know state football being my first real uh, my first love as a state fan. But obviously, you know, I you know love all the sports, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, in states having the run they're having in football, you know, it's like I don't, I don't really want to think about anything else right now. Yeah, I mean, this is let's just keep talking about Brandon Armstrong and Peyton Wilson. Like that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, and and that's what's we, we talked last week about, uh, you know, ACC Coach of the Year, um, and, and Mike Norvell won it, um, which is not a surprise, but. Uh, I'm, I, I didn't see where Dave finished in the voting. I figured it probably was top three. Unless yeah, it was, Mike it was, it was third. He was, was third? third. Yeah. Good. Because like I said, if Mike Elko finished ahead of him, we had a problem. But <laughs> And, of course, Mac Brown was not part of the voting because if he was, he would have gotten 100% of the vote. Right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wasn't He wasn't part of that. So I guess you could argue maybe Dave was fourth. Yeah. Right. Uh, Mac Which... Brown would have been, you know, first. And also Heisman, Nagurski, Denark. <laughs> 
National <laughs> Coach of the Year, Senator. Can we talk for a second about how that team in blue had the quote unquote Heisman front earner at the beginning of the year and he doesn't even get invited to the ceremony? <laughs> That's who they are, man. That's doesn't who they get are. <laughs> Undefeated uh, off uh, preseason national champs. They are preseason winners. Like no other team. I just can you just I'm gonna make one more point about this and then we can move on. Do you guys can you imagine if State got the benefit of the doubt in the polls that UNC gets? Yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> yeah. how different it might look if that was a thing? Yeah. Like in yeah. basketball, like if they ever start the season unranked, like that happened a couple of years ago and I think they beat Kentucky and won like some offseason or like a early season tournament and then went from unranked to like 14th. In the span of one yeah. hole, it's like oh, they messed up. They beat Bethune Cookman. They are probably good. Yeah, well, there was who did that happen to in college football a couple of years ago? I can't remember who it was, but they were unranked. They beat a ranked team and they went to like number seven in the first team. Oh, Miami did that once. And yeah, then the Florida team they beat was terrible. Yeah, yeah, and then they ended up going like seven and five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but, is always a fun ride. Well, we love talking about NC State, but there's also some things everybody loves talking about as well, and that's food. <laughs> and and our question of the day today has a little bit of an NC State theme to it. As we know, we got the bowl we wanted after an entire day of sitting around waiting. <laughs> here we're going to El Paso, then here we're going to Jacksonville, then here we're going to Charlotte for some reason. NC State gets the bowl they deserved, uh, probably. And that's the Pop Tarts. Well, we, we probably had a shot at the Orange Bowl uh, if Florida State had made the playoff, but uh, we won't get into the Florida State discussion. But uh, we probably would have made a, had a possibility there. But the Pop Tarts Bowl is the bowl we deserve. And so the, the random question of the day today is what is your favorite Pop Tart flavor? So I'll start by saying that Joel's is. Oh, crap. What was it? Frosted you gotta look it up. Raspberry. <laughs> Sorry, Joel. <laughs> Let's take a look at what Joel said. His favorite pop tart. Flavor. I think it was frost. It was frosted raspberry, right? Frosted it cherry. Frosted cherry. cherry. Oh man. Okay. Colors match up. Berry of some yeah. sort. I can remember it because the colors match up. That was Joel's. That was Joel's choice. There you go. I like that. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna die on the hill. That brown sugar cinnamon is the uh, best pop. Why? Why? You're you're being you're in the pocket of big brown sugar. I don't understand where all these brown sugar fans are coming. Only one I'll eat is brown sugar. (laughs) You probably ranked UNC in preseason. It's like eating dry bread. Like what? Like I don't understand. Okay, to be fair, I'll eat the strawberry too. That's probably the worst pop tart flavor is brown sugar. Yeah, I think that's the worst one. All of the fruit ones are better. Blueberry, raspberry, straw. Is there a raspberry? I don't even know. Yeah. Strawberry, both better. S'mores oh. is a great one. Classic. S'mores, I'll eat strawberry. I'll eat S'mores strawberry. rocks. The best one, unequivocally, is hot fudge sundae. Really? Ooh. Oh, God. Hot fudge sundae is so good. I really? I had hot fudge sundae. No, hot fudge. Hot, I can't say it, but it's good. <laughs> hot fudge sundae. You better be careful, Larry. <laughs> no, hot fudge Sunday is great. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would. I would put it in the college football playoff, even if it had two. Well, I know people who are going to the game in Jack. Or where is it? Orlando. Orlando. That are going. They're going to be tailgating with pop tarts at the tailgate. So I, I mean, down there. Frosted, heading down frosted to the cupcake is is my choice. Yeah. Frosted cupcake is my either that or cookies and cream. Wait, frosted cupcake is a pop tart. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I've never if, heard of this. <laughs> if you're heading to Orlando for the bowl game and you're listening and you plan to eat a Pop Tart before the game, uh, message us on Twitter and tell us what uh, <laughs> what what Pop Tart you're eating, and maybe we'll talk about it next week as well as we do our bowl prep. But <laughs> anybody had the Pop Tart bites? I have had those. I did not like those. You didn't like them. They're aren't not they, any good. Are they just like raw Pop Tarts? Like who eats Pop Tarts raw? I, I don't. Yeah. What is wait? What is a raw Pop Tart? Like out of the bag, <laughs> and you just eat it. Like there are people I've seen people do it where they just pop the bag open and start eating it like a savage. Wait. Yeah, that's how you eat Pop Tarts. <laughs> what are you doing Pop-Tarts. with Pop Tarts? No, you. They are. They they pop. They got to pop out of the toaster. You're popping the tart. Oh, out of the bag. You toast wait, the Pop Tarts. Why are they called Pop Tarts? Wait, wait. Well, I don't toast Pop Tarts. 
you guys are crazy. I don't understand what's happening well, I mean, here. Yeah, but I didn't know that that's why. No, no I don't. No, I was today they, years old when I learned why they called it Pop Tarts. But I just want to. I just want to reflect on the phrase "raw Pop Tarts." Because <laughs> I've the never eaten them. I've I've tasted them raw just out of curiosity, and it's just like. Whoa, why would you do that? Because they're nice and hot, and then the inside cream gets like warm, and it's it, it's it's a totally different ball game. It changes everything. The filling is totally different if you haven't heat provided. The allure of a pop tart is how transportable the food is, though. <laughs> you just like you can take it anywhere. It's sealed. You just pop it open, and it's like good. It's like not. That's like part of the 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 value proposition, the value proposition of the pop tart. Oh man! Um, you know, I hope they make if NC State wins the game. I hope they make a celebratory bourbon pop tarts flavor to that. Day. <laughs> that would be awesome. He did say brown sugar as well, which is like nuts. Uh, boy, Dave. All at, right. At least do snickerdoodle or something. <laughs> well, Dave can't be perfect, man. Brown sugar. <laughs> Brown sugar cinnamon is the way to go, baby. That's a rough one, man. That's the way to have go. You, have you guys ever eaten the knockoff Pop Tarts, like the 365 brand of Pop Tarts? <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. horrible. Yeah. I, well, I, I haven't been so down bad original. enough to do that. I mean, I've done that with I've done that with Totino's pizza rolls. I've gotten knockoffs of those, and they're bad too. Like, <laughs> yeah, you gotta get the real thing if you're gonna get it. Yeah, I don't know about about the the 365. And, and put it into a toaster. Or don't, you know. Or don't. <laughs> whatever works. Alec, you need to put on the title for this. We learned what the flavor. We learned what pop tarts meant. You got to put that on the title. I I just thought it was because you just <laughs> pop open the bag. I that, that's kind of embarrassing. That well, was to, to be fair, uh, on the outside of the package, pop tarts <laughs> branding says that there are four acceptable ways to eat a pop tart. It's like straight out of the package. One is uh, out of the toaster. One is frozen. Some people like to put them in the freezer and eat them cold. And then another one is, and then the fourth one is eating them like a sandwich. We take two of them. You take the two in the package and you put them together and eat them like a sandwich. I do that. Yeah. The frozen thing, that might be uh, a red flag. <laughs> you eat your pop tarts frozen. I know that doesn't. Anyway, but yeah, I've never read that because pop tarts are, are usually breakfast and i ain't reading nothing in the morning so <laughs> yeah I'm, well, I'm a little disappointed i'm a little disappointed in the pop tarts bowl that they're not dumping pop tarts on the winner i'm a little disappointed <laughs> in, the pop tarts i want i want them to dump open bags of pop tarts yeah it just crumbs just pop tart crumbs and just dump them on the winner honestly that sounds awesome just, dave just walking around with pop tart crumbs all over him like <laughs> I want him to take like the biggest chomp out of the out of the trophy. Yeah. Well, it's funny because they were talking about the the Duke's Mayo Bowl. They dump mayo on the winner, uh, and the, the 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 other bowl in Charlotte that's substituting for the Bahamas this year wants to dump syrup on the winner. And oh. Oh, I have I have a question. Okay. What bowl would be the worst bowl to dump a bucket of the title sponsor on the head coach? The Vegemite Bowl. No, it has to be a real bowl. Oh. <laughs> so I think it's the, the the bad boy lawnmowers bowl. Yeah, yeah. That would what, that would be. What bad. about what about the um, the Hawaii bowl? You you, you uh you win you the whole you the whole, the whole state of Hawaii. <laughs> a bucket of a bucket of landmass. <laughs> you take a bunch of dirt out of Hawaii and you dump it. Yeah, I don't know. That one that would be good. The uh, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl dumps French fries on the winner. I like uh, that. That's so when we see, well, what was another one that the the uh, the Tax Slayer Bowl, the Gator Bowl? You drop, you just drop tax returns on the winner. Just oh, lot the Gator of Gators. That would <laughs> be bad. Yeah, <laughs> Gators. Bad. Yeah. Man, I I wish we had a bowl game in in Raleigh at Carter Finley, and we called it like the the CarQuest Auto Parts Bowl. And and like the because CarQuest is a subsidiary of Advanced Auto Parts who's based in Raleigh, and like the winner of that game gets like oil dumped on them or something like that'd be just <laughs> real. That would be like a health hazard. Yeah, uh, I guess you'd be right. You dump a bunch of socket wrenches on them though. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> just... 
So, but, so there's the Tony the Tiger Sunball. Do you think that it would be like Tony the Tigers or, or like real tigers? No, it would be the sun. <laughs> why don't they call it the Frosted Flakes Sunball? I don't get why it has to be Tony the Tiger. Why <laughs> dump the sun on him? <laughs> Which, by the way, the city of El Paso does not know what they're about to get with all those Notre Dame fans. <laughs> yeah. That's you're gonna travel well, and they're gonna pack that place. Did you and... see? The, did you see the video of the bowl manager like being moved to tears over this? Like yeah. he was. Okay, so so did you see the fact that they didn't have a Notre Dame helmet because yeah. Notre Dame wasn't scheduled to, or even was supposed to even be considered for the Sun Bowl <laughs> because of Florida State missing the playoff and the ladder going down a rung for each team. Notre Dame ended up in the Sun Bowl, so they had to do the the ceremony, and they didn't have a Notre Dame helmet yeah. to use for the ceremony because they <laughs> so weren't expecting them in the game. <laughs> they they had to draw names out of a hat for the last three, and and the Sun Bowl got got Notre Dame got chosen. And well, that's funny because I think West Virginia is not supposed to be in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. That's not a Big Twelve team, and they're in there somehow too. So there's something that went on with the SEC also. That caused them to be in Charlotte, which that game is going to be interesting because I think West Virginia wins that game. But who cares? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then the whole and then the whole fiasco with Georgia Tech and Duke, how they Duke was supposed to play in one bowl and Georgia Tech was supposed to play in the other, and then after the bowls were announced, they switched games. Yeah, like yeah, there, the, the, yeah. There was, a, there was a really good article in, in the Athletic uh, uh, that's. Went, ran through the the entire saga of the day and and how all the contracts were were shaking out and it was it was fascinating honestly. Yeah, well, it's it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll obviously talk a lot about the the Pop Tarts Bowl coming up. It's the first ever meeting between NC State and Kansas State. Um, it's going to be a depleted state team for sure. Uh, but we'll also have some guys missing too. So. But uh, we will uh, we'll talk a little about that, and and as we get closer to it, and we'll have another episode of uh, of the Lotcast next week. Assad, Alec, been great as always, guys. Looking forward to next week. Oh, uh, no, so toast to pop tarts. Sponsor. <laughs> All right, I'm ending this episode. <laughs>